Welcome to Plans Are Booked, a podcast for every reader. I'm Molly Geller. I'm Stephanie Blackburn. And I'm Caitlin Madison. Welcome to number 18, chapter 18. This is coming out on Leap Day, so happy Leap Day, everyone. I don't think it has any significance whatsoever to anything in the universe. It's like daylight savings time. We don't really need it. It's a good movie. Haven't seen it. I also like it because it's the 29th. My birthday's on the 29th. Oh, Oops, yeah. Is that like a lucky number for you? Countdown. Yeah. Okay, fair. All right. That's fair. Uh, I have no use for it, but here we are. Um, so since we were last together, we went to an author event, which is going to be the main topic of our conversation today, all three of us. And then um, Steph and I, Steph has been graciously attending some open houses with me because I'm starting to look to buy a home. And we ate some delicious Korean food. And what else have I been doing? Not a whole lot. Having some beverages, some adult beverages with friends. Um you know, surfing the internet for Paul Meskel content from the BAFTAs, the huge, you know, just my usual, this is how I live. And then obviously I've been trying to talk to True, I want to talk to everybody about True Detective season four because it just ended and I really liked this season and that's about it. I've been peer pressuring everybody to watch, Steph hasn't watched it yet, so I'm like waiting for that to happen. Um, And other than that, pretty, pretty laid back week, I would say. I want to go back to the first thing you mentioned, the house showings. You dipped your feet in, and I'd like to know how you feel about the current market and what's available. It's absolute garbage, trash, set it on fire. I mean, one house... The second house was lovely, in my opinion. Okay, but the first house stuff. Mm-hmm. $730,000. The second floor didn't have heat. We're pretty sure it was completely water damaged because all of the paint was peeling off of everything and the bathroom needed to be gutted. So like, cool. Like (laughs) that's like above my budget and was a cesspool. And then the second one we went to, wow, the vibes were something. It was um, another cape. (laughs) It was um, wallpaper. So much wallpaper. Uh, there was a really nice George Washington mural above the fireplace. Um, and but then, a gorgeous fireplace. Yeah. And then everything was like very like Americana country kitchen kind of whatever until you Except. went to the basement where there was a drum circle set up. It was definitely an illegal apartment at one point because it had its own entrance and a full bathroom in the basement. Um, and then... um upstairs and then the upstairs the stairs were at a very steep incline you could fit maybe half of your foot on the width of the step and when you got up there it was two huge rooms you basically were like in the attic but they had turned them into bedrooms and one of them had like a like buddhist prayer something or other happening like there was like a place where you could light a lot of candles and like say a prayer basically and so there was just like a real weird contrast going on with g-dubs in the living room it was like two very different people were living there um a lot of potential but too much money for like what needed to happen there um so 
I don't want to say I was surprised by any of it, but the Massachusetts price tags are like really discouraging and you're just oh and also the one that had the the second floor with the like buddhist prayer area um i had like two inches from the ceiling in my head so like my brother could not go he just would not if i lived there he would never go up there ever he just he wouldn't fit so they're asking like 700 grand for like a hobbit house basically it's wild the whole thing's wild I'm just going to I'm just going to keep going to my open houses. I'm going to keep smiling. Something will happen maybe. I don't know. Steph is a great we're calling her my real estate liaison is what we decided in the car yesterday. Um because she knows what the hell to look for in the basement. Oh, the furnace and the this and the electrical and the plumbing and she walked around and looked at foundation and I was like, "Yeah, this is I need this. I need somebody to do this." There's no better person to have with you either at an open house or to discuss a construction right. project. And or... my parents are like totally the people to do that too, but they're in Florida all winter. So like Steph will very much be, I'll be, and if she can't go when I'm going, then if I like something, I'll be like, hey, you have to come back with me. Thank you. I'll buy you lunch. Bye. Yeah. You can FaceTime her in also. And I also try not to enter like a Home Depot or a Lowe's without her. That's smart. That's smart. The taking a video is actually a good idea. Um, I didn't think about that, but she can be bribed with tabaki and Korean food, so I have that going for me. Also, bubble tea. What else are you bribed with? She has other things that you can bribe her with. Oh, um, queso is another one. Yes. Yeah. She's a cheap McDonald's. date. She's honestly she loves, a cheap she's date. A I know. I know. She's it's awesome. It's a, a simple gal. I McDonald's. Sprite. I Hi, listeners. Fries. We're really selling you right now. She's a cheap date. She loves open houses and doing construction. Then of our listenership, Stephanie is single, and she has. And more our skills email is plans are booked at gmail dot. And a photo, a brief bio, your height, and yeah. if you have any handy skills, even though she probably has more than you. I also think I was the voice of reason because when we walked through the first house, Caitlin was like, we'd need to spend $200,000 in here. And I was like, I literally never spend more than one fifty on an entire gut. We could do this in 70. Still didn't like it. <laughs> I have to say, um, when I was looking for my beach house, Steph had so many good ideas about small changes that made a huge difference. We changed the flooring of the front porch of this house for, I think, under 200 bucks. And yeah. every single person who watched those before and after videos to this day is still like, oh, my God, I remember the porch transformation. It looks incredible. And every new person who enters for the first time is like, oh, this flooring. Oh, my God. I'm like, Stephanie, I literally was just going to, like, hate it and walk onto it every day and change nothing about it. Thank you. Yeah, she's a keeper. <laughs> Everybody can apply to be her friend and date her at our Gmail. Thank you. Um, Molly, what have you... You just were in Maine. Tell us about it. Yes. So I missed all of this local fun that these two were having because I was up in Maine. I go with a group of friends every year, President's Day weekend, and again in August, my friend Ari, her parents have a house um, on a beautiful pond in Lyman, Maine. And it's just one of those weekends that... It's just like pajamas the whole time, cooking of epic meals, like long overdue catch ups with friends, reading, napping, nature walks. I mean, it's just like the most chill time, um, as is well documented on this podcast. I'm not really a big 
cook, but I decided I would try my hand at a breakfast recipe for everybody. And I made this everything bagel casserole that turned out to be ridiculously good. So I will add that to my future repertoire. I liked your caption that was like proof Proof of cooking. Yeah, I know my audience. I knew people were going to be like, what? Yeah, but you, you, I've had other things that you've made. You, you can't do it. I'm not incapable. It's that I don't enjoy it. So I don't prioritize doing it. I don't like, well, I actually like, this is what I've said. I don't, it's not that I don't like to cook. I do like to cook. I don't like making a mess. I don't like it at all. And so when I lived with my brother, a lot of times he would be the cook and I would be the cleaner or vice versa. But having to do both is BS in my opinion. And that's why I clean as I cook. So So do I, but I still hate it. In this group of friends, because we don't ever go out to eat on these weekends, we only cook at the house. That was like the ground rules from day one. If you cook, you don't clean because this group is usually anywhere from eight to 12 people every time. And if the person cooks for the whole group, they don't touch the dishes or unload the dishwasher after the fact. Like we're very good about delegating those responsibilities so nobody feels like they work for everybody else. Um, And the other meals that other people made were great. And I want to give a shout out to my friend Bevan, who listens every single week and listed for me all of the books she decided to read from listening to us. So influencers. So big thanks to Bevan for the support and also for the beautiful review you left for us on Apple Podcasts. We deeply appreciate you. Um, my update is that I, well, you guys already know, but I'll just say for the listeners, just scraped its teeth against my finger. How does that move? Is that a thing cats do? <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. It it has something to do with like sensing. I'm you know? not a toothbrush. That was You're the weird. I didn't see. I have my, I have my hand around the bench seat. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I feel something rubbing against my f- the front of my finger, and I look down, and all I see are teeth like scream. Um, that was a very weird experience just now. I'm sorry to interrupt. Huckleberry likes to make her presence known earlier while Caitlin was giving that real estate update. She was sitting on the back of my armchair. She <laughs> she likes to make herself known. She wants to be part of the cool kids club. Um, my update is that the plumber is causing more havoc. Um, he can we just get a new plumber? I say we, the royal no. we, but like, why can't we? Because I mean, technically, we could after the rough inspection is done, but he's the one who pulled the he pulled the plumber pulls his own permit for the plumbing. Right, right, right. Okay, so can we just fire he him has... after this house? He's not going to listen to this, so I I can say yes. This was his third strike. He's done three houses with us. He's not reliable. If okay, you can't, if you're not so reliable, right. I'm going to start. I'm going to go on Yelp and I'm going to find a plumber. <laughs> Although no, we you have guys an- are everywhere. We have another plumber. That's not the issue. Waiting um, in the wings. Yes, a backup plumber. Sorry, I'm so distracted because Huckleberry is flirting so hard with Nemo right now. Nemo is a dog. Anyways, Nemo is here for the week. She is absolutely head over heels in love with him. Just wants him to give her the time of day. And it's like a tale as old as time. He not interested. Unrequited love. Yeah. Ugh. She's a child. And he's an old man. And I think he's just like, okay, kid, like, get out of my way. Different energy levels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, um, he was supposed to finish up 
his rough so that we could do the inspection tomorrow. He blew us off today. Um, hopefully he shows up tomorrow. Uh, who knows at this point? And this week is kind of a crapshoot because my dad is doing ski lessons up at uh, Sunapee. So he's not there. So it's up to me, which feels like if things don't happen on my watch, then I've somehow let the ball drop, even though I have zero control over um, the electrician and the plumber. So, um, you know, fun week. Will you give the people an update on your book manuscript? Oh, I started my second draft um, yesterday, last night. Did she tell you the drama? <laughs> I don't think so. I've been away. You guys, I feel like we're not updating. I was like I was panic away. texting her yesterday. She was panic texting me because, I mean, if you had asked me when the book takes place, I couldn't have told you. But apparently, she has said it in a year that the Miranda Lambert song, Vice, has not come out yet. And that's the song that the main character sings in the bar and the boy is wooed when i when i when we start i have it as 2012 and it just occurred to me like in the last couple of weeks i think maybe i was watching something and was thinking about like oh when did that song come out and looked it up on my phone only to realize that song came out july 2016 so then we were having a back and forth for a while about like is another song appropriate? Could I go with something else? And she had great options, but if you if you know the song Vice and you know the lyrics, it is explanatory for that first couple of experiences between the two of them. So what you're telling me is you're going to move the timeline up four years? Yes. Okay. I support you. Which means I have to condense things because, you know, that only gives us... Oh, because then we would get into the future future? Yeah. Yeah. We're it's it's we're gonna see what happens. I think it's gonna be fine. If it's not, then then I'm of all the things out. to discover while editing, I did not predict that. I said to her, "I'm like, edit the whole thing and let's circle back. Like, let's just circle back and see and if you need to change it to 2016, or if you if we stumble upon another song that works the same, which we probably won't. And but I, like, don't let that be the hiccup. That's like, well, now I just lost three hours of editing time worrying about this one thing. And I said to her that from day one, when I started thinking about this, I've always been thinking about it as a movie and visually and auditorily that moment in a million dollar cowboy bar where it goes silent and she starts singing a cappella, and he is immediately like struck by it. It would just be perfection. So what we're saying is the book now takes place in <laughs> executive decision. I think it already has been decided. Actually. As your unpaid editors, we've decided that that's what's happening. Anyhow, so. Well, the I would say one of the highlights of the week, maybe the highlight of the week, is the event that we went to. Absolutely. Which, does anybody have at their fingertips what the hell this was called? It was called Happily Ever After, Romance Authors and the Books We Love by Them, something sure. like that. So Boston has a city space. They're, the public radio, WBUR, has a city space that's epic. It's awesome. It's on Calm Ave. This is the second event I've been to there. Um, it's kind of intimate. It's not like huge. How many people do you think fit in it? 150? No more than 200, I would okay. think. Yeah, I was going to say under 200. Okay, so uh, it fits under 200 people. They have this um, kind of semicircle stage. And I have gone and seen a live podcast recording there before. 
Um, and so I'm now on their like email list. And so I got an email that was like, Hey, these are the upcoming events in February. And it was going to take place the day after Valentine's day. And it had Allie Hazelwood, who I really like, and so does Steph. And then it had Jasmine Guillory, who Molly is like a big fangirl of. Um, and then another author named Beverly Jenkins, who we actually, the three of us were not familiar with her and we did not know her. And then there was going to be like an NPR post and like they were going to sign books and talk about being romance authors and they're all career changers and so I said to Molly and Steph, I was like, I feel like we need to go to this. And they agreed. And so we went and good times were had. I also think just starting off with a glass of wine and a room full of women, maybe four men total, was like the perfect post-Valentine's scenario. It was just like perfection. The energy in that room was awesome. From the second that we showed up, it was my first time there. Steph had also been for a different for cooking with Levi. Right. So I had never been before and didn't really know what to expect. And we walked in and it was mostly women. Everyone was like dressed fabulously. There was a local news TV camera there interviewing people, which I was psyched that they were going to like cover this event in the first place. And then when we sat down, it was very cool all around us. Like I heard several people say they were there with their book clubs. Or they were there with like another friend who's like their romance reader, bestie. It was just the energy was so good. And I feel like many people are Valentine's Day haters. I am not, but many people are. And it felt like in that room, even though it was a Valentine's Day themed event, everybody was happy to be there and everybody was excited. And when the authors came out, people cheered like it was a freaking concert. I could tell right from the go like the second they walked out onto the stage and everybody went ape shit, they were like so flattered. Like you could visibly see it on their faces. And I was like, this is what it's about. Like women uplifting other women and like making us not feel crappy for reading our romance novels. And that was kind of like one of the themes that kept like kept coming up kind of organically because they had like a Padlet type thing where you could like submit your questions on your phone. And there were really good questions from the audience, I thought, about, like, how did you break into the industry and, like, what's your favorite trope to write about and those sorts of things. But the thing that, like, kept coming up again and again is, like, you guys are readers. We're writers. It's not, like, uh, you know, I think Beverly Jenkins had, like, the line of the night. Somebody approached her and was like, oh, well, I write literature. Like, what do you write? And Beverly Jenkins was like, well, I've written 60 books. How many do you have published right now? And it was like, it was just such a good diss. It was so good and so well-timed and she was so funny. And, you know, I also really appreciated that they had a diverse panel of authors. Like it was two black women and one Italian woman. And they all kind of like arrived at things in a different way. Like Jasmine used to be a lawyer and Beverly Jenkins said that she worked in an office setting. She was a pharmacist. She worked in a pharmaceutical setting and Allie did a neuroscience PhD. Right. Yeah. So that was really cool because they basically were all career changers and went into romance novel writing. And it just was like, Everybody in the room was like a polished person and like it's not like we were in there and like like go smut or like go like you know whatever it was very like this is what I enjoy to read 
the world is garbage. Like, let's not feel crappy about this thing that sparks some joy, you know? Can I say that it actually made me feel, back to a conversation we'd had a few episodes previously, it made me feel like I would be embraced if I in turn embrace writing romance. I That room just felt like a big hug and I would happily take that from people, you know? As we've talked about before, Steph is mentioning a conversation we had about her manuscript where we talked about would it be more in sort of like a popular fiction category or would it be in a romance category? And she had some hesitancies, I think, about the romance category. While we were sitting there, I was thinking to myself, like, Steph belongs on a future one of these panels. And I know that the readers in that room would devour this story that you are working on. And Beverly, Beverly was the star of the night, but she said at one point, as long as you guys keep buying them, we're going to keep writing them. So like when you show up for us and you make those purchases or you make Instagram or TikTok content about our books, like that is how we get to keep going. So please, like if you love something, tell people, pass it on, introduce it to other readers. I also, Caitlin mentioned, I really was freaking out to be in the same room as Jasmine Guillory. I've said it on this podcast before, but she was like my gateway drug into the romance genre. First of all, she went to Wellesley College, so she has like the local connection. I think I knew that. I did not know that either. Oh, yes. So Jasmine went to Wellesley. She now lives in the Bay Area. She also has a rescue dog, which is important to Stephanie. <laughs> and she had this book, The Wedding Date. And I learned about it on a podcast that I used to listen to religiously called Forever 35. And they interviewed her and she sounded brilliant. And also the book premise sounded great. So I read that book, The Wedding Date. I have since read everything that she has published. I think I pre-ordered her first five books after that. And of course, I didn't have any with me for her to sign because I've loaned them out to other people. And I was kicking myself that as the person who like pimps her out in the world, I did not have one of my own copies to bring into that room. Granted, the signing line was very long and I'm not sure we would have wanted to wait. But just emotionally, I was like, oh my God, I'm in the same room with this person whose work I adore. And I don't even have one of my copies to like hold up or take a picture with in her proximity or anything. Also, she was wearing a pink and red striped dress for Valentine's Day, which is totally what I would do if I were on that kind of event. And later she showed a close-up of her manicure which I missed when we were in the room, was pink with red hearts. And I was like, oh my God, I love a theme. She loves a theme. It just was like a big deal to be in the same room as her. She also had great lipstick, which if we had waited in the line, I would have asked about because it lasted the whole time. And that is a problem that I have not solved yet in my own life. So I would have asked her about that. And if she somehow manages to get tagged in this and listens to it, um, my personal Twitter is at K.E. Madison, M-A-T-T-I-S-O-N. Girl, let me know. That was really good lipstick. I, I also think that like her giggle, when she started giggling, I was like, I just want to be in whatever room she's in. She is a hoot. They were all a hoot in their own ways. So Allie cracked me up. Wait, can we start with the fact that she was wearing a gigantic bow in her hair? I loved yes. that. It was like a satin bow that took up half of her head. And she had her hair Samantha. half pulled back. Yes. 
<laughs> was you mean the American Girl doll? Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because a lot of people would say very Samantha and think it was Sex and Sorry. the City. Apologies. Um. So, Allie is hilarious, and she has probably the most like modern contemporary like rise to fame out of the three of them, and probably one of the bigger ones like of the last 10 years i would say but basically she like got started with fan fiction and like wattpad and like that whole realm and started getting followers for a star trek fanfic that she had where spock had three d's and i was just rolling laughing in the audience because i did not know that i knew that she was like i knew that she had been in the fanfic realm and that she like had dabbled in it i did not know that that was like why she blew up and i definitely didn't know about the star trek thing and i was absolutely cracking up and it just gave me a lot of i want to say hope honestly like it gave me a lot of hope that like fangirls are gonna be like cool one of these days because like i'm a huge swifty and like i'm in like a lot of different like twitter spaces and geneva swifty book clubs and like i'm in all sorts of different things and it's like a really positive thing like there isn't like a lot of like i mean if you try to even crap on somebody else's like yucking somebody's yum you just like get kicked out by moderators it's like toodaloo we don't need that energy in here bye and so i think that it gave me like a real sense of um joy that like fandoms can become like a bigger thing and that you can like actually like make it into a career and like bring those people along for the ride with you because you know i think she said some of her best friends are people that she met because they followed her fanfics and i'm like a lot of that, I mean, we have people that listen to this podcast that I know that I only know because of my last podcast, which was 15 years ago. And so like that kind of like looking out for each other and supporting each other and especially like in groups where it's like the majority of them are women. I think that's a really cool thing and a big deal. And it just was like a really nice it was like a fun fact to learn and also just like made me sit up a little straighter and be like, take that everybody that's a piece of garbage about books and romance and being a nerd and whatever. When she talked about the fanfic thing, I literally was like, oh my God, stars, they're just like us. <laughs> it was like one of those confessions where it was so relatable that there are like these niche places on the internet where we all go down the rabbit hole every day, every week, every time something new comes out. She was like, all of us and she just happened to have a manuscript that was intriguing to a publisher and i said this to the two of you when we were leaving that night it explodes my brain that english is not her first language absolutely she i mean she speaks english with an italian accent but when you read her books which are very um like rooted in science and are set in a laboratory setting some of them um I don't know. I was just like, I can't believe that English is her second language. And she writes this eloquently and with incredible word choice. And so specifically, like, I would love to get to a place where at some point I speak a second language with that much, like, accuracy. And it made, I've only read one of her books, but it made me appreciate it 10 times more. Um, 
So she moved to the United States for a PhD program. And so um, I think that I read somewhere, she did not say this at the event, but I think that I read somewhere that she got into fanfic because she was having to write her dissertation in English. And she was like, I need to read more in English. But she was like, I don't want to read scientific journal. Like, I'm sick of academia. Like, I want something light. And then it ended up helping her English, like, immensely in terms of, like, conversational English and, like, you know, different phrases that we might use. You know, like, there's so many phrases that when when we use them, people are like, I don't know what that, like, kicking the bucket. Like that, what, how would somebody figure out what that means? You know what I mean? So, um, I read that somewhere and I can't remember where she didn't share it at the thing, but that was something that I picked up. Speaking of specific phrasing back to Beverly for a second, Beverly Jenkins was talking about the need for more people of color who are copy editors and that she had a phrasing in a book where she had written, keep it on the down low. And the person left a note that was like, this is grammatically incorrect. You should say, keep it on a lower shelf. And the entire audience erupted in laughter. And she was just like, this is what I'm saying. Like, can we get someone who understands culturally what is trying to happen here so I don't get stupid, useless notes like that? And I feel like people that write young adult books probably get similar notes. You know what I mean? So if there's any Polish companies that like need an advisor that's down with the middle school lingo, I'm available. Um, and honestly, the only reason I feel even like remotely hip and I say remotely because like I still didn't know what Wattpad was until like six months ago. Um, I think that being around young people like you actually and also being around Swifties because a lot of Swifties I mean I'm considered a senior Swiftie that's what we call ourselves on Twitter um but like the younger Swifties like totally helped me out with knowing like I like a couple months ago somebody called something mid and I was like what the hell is like it just means mediocre or like just okay and I'm like just say okay no I mean it was pretty mid the dance was pretty mid is what I heard Oh, okay. Well, whatevs. So anyways, they keep me up on the, you know, and I'm not afraid to ask questions, right? Like, I'll just be like, can you run that by me again? Because I have no idea what you're trying to say. Steph's just honest right now. I I said something was a hoot earlier, so I clearly am elderly. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It happens. It happens. And it'll all come back around, Steph. There was something that a kid said the other day. I can't think of what it was, but I was like, oh, I haven't heard that phrase in a while. It must be like making a comeback or whatever. Yeah. So I just, you just have to, some things will just resurface and we'll be like, okay, well, I've been saying that for a while and uh, here we are. I mean, all of our clothes from the 90s have come back. So I'm hopeful that the same can happen with our little colloquialisms. Um, I want to give some airtime to the moderator who I immediately wanted to be friends with when she brought up her um, childhood obsession with Sweet Valley. Her and- name is Kalyani Saxena. Thank you. Um, if she happens to hear this, uh, I think we might be twins because my father also reacted in the same way and shamed me for reading Sweet Valley. 
And yet her father was there videotaping like the loveliest, proudest dad ever in the front row. Could not have been cuter. It was an extremely adorable moment when she first like shamed him for his reaction <laughs> and then also pointed him out. And I think either he raised a hand or he stood up. He was in the dead middle front row and recorded the entire thing on his iPhone. She was fabulous because she very seamlessly had an iPad in front of her and was incorporating the fan questions into the conversation and the majority of the time she didn't even like say this is a fan question it just like seemed part of the conversation she also like did an appropriate amount i thought of like being a fangirl herself without it taking over or seeming unprofessional or you know whatever um and I, she just had a good energy about her like i just she seemed really approachable and really friendly and she asked some questions that i thought were just really well phrased and timed um and she gave good opportunity for people to kind of expound on whatever it is that they wanted to talk about or if people like beverly wanted to jump back in a couple times on things that she had already answered and it just like went really smooth, like almost to the point where I was like, are we on a podcast? And like, they didn't tell us or, you know what I mean? Like she just had that going for her and I loved it. I, I think there's nothing worse than a moderator who like doesn't actually like the topic or doesn't do the homework. And she clearly was all in. And I think that helped because, you know, you could feel her excitement with being there, but she also was incredibly professional. Um, do you want to mention that you asked a question? Um, I asked a question for Stephanie. <laughs> I agreed to ask a question for Stephanie when I thought we would have to say them out loud because Steph will not do that. And then when it was like the fill it out on your phone, I thought she might go for it. But guess who had to do it? Me. Um, and so I filled it out. And basically my question was... Um, you know, since they're all career changers, like how do you like break into the industry and get people to pay attention to what you've written? Um, and what's the best advice that they can give other than just keep trying and like don't fear their rejection, kind of embrace it. And they all sort of answered it. They I got a little off topic, maybe. Beverly started by saying, um, finish, just finish the writing it. Yeah. Finish yeah. the draft was like her big yeah. advice. And then Jasmine said Think about what books have recently been successful and what it was that made people gravitate towards those characters. And though you shouldn't mimic other people's work, just sort of ask yourself, what were the elements of the story arc that made people root for them or made it particularly compelling? She had also said earlier in the night, and I think this is so true, that the key to this category is the banter. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to know that your banter so is true. on point. I don't remember what Allie's question was. I mean, answer, excuse me, what Allie's answer was to the question. I think that that might have been when she started saying, like, the fanfic stuff and, like, having a group around you that likes to read similar stuff. I think she also said, if you can't get, like, a big traditional oh, publisher yes. at first, that you should definitely go the indie publishing route. And she also mentioned all the free resources online for how to self-publish, and all of them were adamant do not ever work with anyone who wants you to pay them to publish your book. Which is what I did on my very first book when I was 26. I paid for that to get published, which was such a scam. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, how do you know? There's just like not mm-hmm. that much out there for there is now, but at that point, there really weren't many no. people self-publishing. No. So, I mean, it was just a great event, and I hope that WBUR does more events like that with like themed panels. Um, and you know, there were like I threw a question out there that was like, "How do you feel about romanticy as like a?" Um, Did you ask more than one question? I asked two. And I asked my both own damn them. question too, Steph. So I asked about romanticy and how they felt about it as like a genre, um, because fourth wing, you know, divergent. Well, in Allie's new book, Bride, I just added to my want to read pile. Is that is that a zombie one? No, it's a vampire werewolf. werewolf. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's so, I guess within and romanticy. Then Beverly jumped in and was like, "I might throw some dragons in my books," and I was like, "You go, girl." Like, whatever it is you want to book 61, you can do whatever the F you want. We're definitely going to have to read a Beverly Jenkins. For sure. Yes. Yes, for sure. If for no other reason. I was just at the store today. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it. If for no other reason than I just want to personally support her after how much we Mm -hmm. laughed thanks to her humor. And it was her birthday. It was her 73rd birthday at the event. And she spent it with us and everybody sang to her. And she had cake and a candle. And it was awesome. Um, But. I've now gone to two events there and they have both been like flawlessly executed. Easy to get in, easy to get out. The authors or the podcasters, whoever was the main event, everybody seemed really pleased with like how it went. You can get wine and beer before you even go in. Like the bathrooms are super clean. Like it just was just good vibes all around and that so they're two for two for me and i think you'd say the same right Steph? and we discover there's an excellent boba tea place directly around the corner yeah yeah we had dessert after because you know naturally um and the parking was easy and it was just great it was just a great weeknight thing to go to i'm also hoping that because of how big the turnout was that they will either do more romance book events like specifically or they will do more author panels because they think like i know this from working on the brand side in my professional life if you host an event and nobody shows up you go well we're not going to spend money on that again and i feel like the fact that almost every seat was full showed them like if they invest in bringing more authors the readers will come i was also thinking about how cheap it was it was 15 dollars. i just found another one that we have to go to Okay. March 22nd. Actually, I'm not going to be here. Fudge. Listen up. Murder in Boston reveals the untold story of the Charles and Carol Stewart shooting. Oh my God, stop. Yeah, March 22nd. So that'll be a really good one. Um, I'm looking at any other events. That's a fantastic that podcast for anyone. It's who, really good. There's one on March 6th called Oscar Wars, dishing on the history of Hollywood with the New Yorker's Michael Shulman. That sounds interesting. Um, there's one with a chef. There's one with somebody who wrote a book about a slow running club. Um, and then it looks like they have, do you guys know The Moth? Do you know that podcast? So they have, they're having a couple of recordings of Story Slam, The Moth. Um, so it looks like they've got some good stuff lined up. And also, I just saw that you can also rent that space, which is a really cool. I don't know what the heck. One day our podcast is going to be big enough and we're going to rent city space. Live recording plans are booked at WBUR's city space. 
But then we can't have cats screaming in the background. I mean, what a loss. <laughs> um, okay, so what are you guys reading right now? I'll go first. Um, I'm reading I don't don't know why I bought a hardcover, but I did. Um Only If You're Lucky by Stacy Willingham. Um she also wrote A Flicker in the Dark, which I have not read. Heard about it? No? No. That sounds familiar to me. Um, it's a New York Times bestseller, so we probably have seen it on shelves and just not placed it. So this takes place um in South Carolina in college. Um the main character, um Margot is she comes into her freshman year kind of in a daze. She's just lost her best friend who was supposed to come to college with her. They were going to be roommates. It was like a whole plan and that best friend has passed. And so her whole freshman year, she just kind of holes up in her um, dorm room studying, doesn't really make friends. She's not the person she wants to be. Going into sophomore year, she gets asked by like this mysterious cool group of girls if she wants to be their fourth roommate. She says yes because she needs to like break out of this like emotional funk and um, it's sort of going past a present from her senior year of high school, her freshman year of college, and then present day, sophomore year, where Lucy, the like coolest of her roommates, is missing, but it alludes to the fact that the other roommates know where she is and also one of the frat brothers at the neighboring um, fraternity has died so there's like a lot of backstory telling to lead up to whatever crazy thing has happened for these events to unfold um it's a very fast paced short chapters um it's good i am reading warrior girl unearthed which is the second book from angeline booley you may know her previous book firekeeper's daughter which we all read um, I'm not going to say too much because we're going to do an episode about her writing in both of these books, but I will say, having come off of a couple of back-to-back romance books, like high froth, high sugar content, this is a big mood switcher. Um, this is fiction, but is about a Native American tribe who is trying to reclaim several artifacts and remains of members of their tribe that are being basically held captive um, in museums and at colleges. And it's heavy. Like, it's it's heavy. That's all I'll say. Um, I'm glad I'm reading it. I'm excited to talk about it more. Uh, it was just like a hard pivot from Romance Land into this. So I'm about 250 pages in out of 400. And I can't wait to chat about it more in a little bit also if you have not read um the first book that's a must read for me i feel like that book should be taught in school it's an outstanding book firekeeper's daughter and if people don't know angeline booley we're giving her a whole episode because she is um like a very very accomplished person before she became a young adult author she was part of obama's administration like from an educational um, point of view and she is indigenous herself and she sets the books um in a part of the united states that i don't really know it's a lot about michigan yeah yeah i like i've been to michigan and i actually went to a summer camp there but it was like ann arbor it was like not the michigan she's talking about i think because it's on the canadian border it's like as north as you can go in michigan right so i find that 
I really, really like it when books and shows and movies like that the setting is like a big piece of the puzzle and she does a really good job with that. Um, and I also just love that she's like in her 50s or 60s and like is all of a sudden a young adult author and like crushing it. But I also think I feel like it's like misleading to say it's young adult because it doesn't read like young adult. And I feel like any age could could read it and enjoy it. Similar to our Lauren, all of our conversation. Yes. It, if you didn't know it was YA, you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't read like it's meant for a younger audience. I, there are certain things that are definitely omitted, like the relationships don't sort of get to the place that many romance books take them. Um, and there's certainly things that feel like they're more centered on the high school age characters in, the, in, in both cases, actually, both books, as opposed to like from the parents' perspective or the grandparents' perspective. So I feel like it's YA in that way. But if you, I honestly feel if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Um she's awesome i love her um i am reading a book called tilly in technicolor um it's a book that got recommended in the class that i just took um and i really appreciated that the professor of the class was like i'm going to put out all these books on display for you to peruse they're all diverse authors and this author is diverse in that she has autism and she um, was diagnosed in her 20s and she also has ADHD and so she created a boy character and a girl character one of them has ADHD and the other is on the spectrum disorder and she it takes place in England this girl gets an internship with her sister who is launching a nail polish company And so her parents say, like, go follow your sister around for the summer before you go to college. And she has this, like, catastrophic meet-cute with a boy on the plane there. And, um, like, you know, because it's a book and everything's a coincidence, the boy ends up being the other intern for her sister's company. And they are, like, the least compatible people I've ever seen in my life because she's super erratic and goes 100 miles an hour and is moody and, like, will just have random outbursts. And he really struggles to figure out, like, social cues from people. And she doesn't really adhere to any of the regular social cues that he knows. And so... At first, he's super frustrated by her, and then he's super intrigued by her because he's like, she's just so unpredictable. Like, she doesn't follow any of the patterns. And, like, that's really interesting. And, and the author has um, each of them narrate, like, every other chapter. So there's different points of view. And I've really been enjoying it. Um, haven't really banter? read a book like this before. I'm sorry? How's the banter between them? It's good. Okay. It's good. Yeah. Um, because she calls him out on like he neither of them have told the other person that they like that like she hasn't been like, I have ADHD and he hasn't been like, I have autism. Like neither of them have said anything to each other. So they're like trying to feel it out. And so I think there's going to be a point in time where it's like, Oh, you should have told I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like one of those. But I kind of love that because who the hell goes around with like a label on their shirt being like, in case you didn't know, I like that's not the real world. So I like that it's written this way. Also, the author herself, when she was these characters ages, didn't know that about herself. She just was like, I felt different from everybody and I didn't really know why. And so I feel like that has like a really authentic, cool aspect to it. 
Um, and we need more books like this because every time something awkward happens, I like, I, I can like pinpoint a student that I taught like six years ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is just like so-and-so or like, this girl is really reminding me of like teenage version of blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, and so that's been really fun for me to watch because I, or read rather, because I teach middle school and like, they don't really like start dating or admitting that they like each other until like eighth or ninth grade when I've like, they're long gone from me. So it's just been, I've kind of been like daydreaming, like, I wonder if this is how this worked out for this person when they got to high school, because this is exactly what they were like when they were in sixth grade. Yeah. Um, well, I think that that about wraps it up. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, we would love that. We have started to get more engagement on Instagram, I feel like. We've had some people starting to send some messages and like actually commenting on episodes and that sort of thing and it's been really pleasant and we really enjoy it so we are plans are booked on there mall you want to fill us in on gmail if you want to send us a note and we'd love to hear from you please write to plans are booked at gmail.com also back to instagram for a sec we are going to share a ton of content that we snapped and recorded from this romance author event so please if you're listening to this first and then you haven't seen the Instagram, there'll be tons more. Um, so you can see everything we chatted about and the outfits and the manicures and the lipstick, every single thing. So give a follow over there to make sure you don't miss it. Until next time, our plans are booked.